0: everybody welcome once again to the most glorious and phenomenal broadcast of the of the week saints radio and i'm very happy today to be here in the anointed booth with sister terrell who sits across the sacred desk, a holy plane of wood, at the mic, the only mic that we know in this booth <laughs> it works. that actually works. So, welcome.
1: Thank you, Pastor.
0: You sound as if you're in full voice. It's. She's not talking right now.
1: It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I wasn't here last week. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What's that
0: bright light over there?
1: Ah. The new telephone.
0: Okay. I thought maybe that was an angel hiding under that thing. I just wanted to pull back the curtain. So welcome.
1: Thank you, Pastor.
0: It's good to be here. Everybody's rejoicing. They hear your voice.
1: It's so interesting. You know, quarantine is an interesting thing. Because it's one thing to... to, to not, to not go out into the world—it's another thing to know that you really can't go out into the world. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually do, you feel like you've broken free from <laughs> from the pokey. You feel a measure of, of freedom. I remember the first time that I I drove this last year, after not being able to drive for a long time, and I just could not stop thanking and praising the Lord for just that measure of freedom that I felt and I know that that's in the natural but there's something spiritual about that too and so I just I declare that as a measure of breakthrough for well, I, for all of us
0: I think you've been living a you've been living a, a prophetic measure of challenges <laughs> Looking at the origin of quarantine, none of you need to scramble to find it. I've got it right.
1: And you know, it's interesting too because my the my my right ear is completely like blocked, which is just so interesting because this is the second time in the last couple of months that I've struggled with this ear, and I know that that's the enemy trying to come against the. The measure of the prophetic hearing, but I also know that when it opens up, it's going to be a huge breakthrough for all of us prophetically. Mm-hmm. So it's like we were talking before we went on the air. I think we can all do things when we know there's purpose in them, the hard, even the hard things. You know, we can, we can embrace the challenges, the afflictions, the suffering, the sickness the brokenness you know the things that we've all had to experience and overcome if we know that that there's purpose in it and and we know that the lord orders our steps not that he finds delight in sickness or in brokenness or anything like that but he does allow those things to refine us and draw us closer to him and to bring revelation just in identifying with the suffering of our Lord. And so I'm always in that pursuit of, okay, Lord, what's your purpose in this? Because otherwise you fall prey to disappointment and frustration and, um, you know, any measure of emotional baggage that we don't need. So, freedom
0: yeah well, i think it's interesting I, I knew this but i just wanted to verify before i said it you led off by talking about quarantine and i think we talked about this that's from the latin 40 days
1: yes we talked about that mm-hmm. i knew it had some prophetic meaning
0: and so perhaps uh Perhaps there's something prophetically about that concept that um, you were in some way serving in a warfare posture, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. We're not trying to create doctrine here. We're just trying to interpret. That's all.
1: It's interesting, too, because when you're not feeling well and you are in the midst of some measure of warfare, what do you do? You know, how do you... Because we know that the we're not battling flesh and blood. We're battling principalities and powers. But sometimes when your physical body is down, um, a warfare kind of intercession is, is a little bit more challenging and difficult. And I know for me, just this last 10 days, um, it's really been more in the stand, which I think links with the, the Perrettes and the parrots. Um Just the necessity to stand in the gap and believe prophetically for that breakthrough. So, anyway, when you've done all to stand, what do you do? Complain. (laughs) You stand?
0: (laughs) That is the last thing you do. (laughs) You didn't expect that, did you?
1: Not from you, no, but I'm sure that we've all been there stand. stand. Speaking of 40 days, I heard from Noah last night, no pun intended, but do you know that they have had record rainfall that they've not had since the 1800s really? in Santa Barbara and Montecito? Like, he's not able even to go. Neither one of them are able to go to work. They've closed the 101. They've closed um, all the, you know, the major highways and byways leading into Santa Barbara and Montecito yeah, because it's flooding so bad and so I, I was not even aware and um, they texted last night and sent some videos of some footage there in, in Montecito and Santa Barbara and, and then I checked in with um, the couple that own the hotel where I generally stay that have become good friends of mine and they said it's it's crazy because the land the ground is not able to absorb the rain and so everything's just floating hmm. and i thought well that sounds a little bit like texas weather you know texas weather is extreme it seems yeah,
0: that's true
1: and but then there santa barbara and montecito where noah lives has been pretty extreme with Mudslides and remember the flooding that came after the fires, and so they are, of course, in um, in danger of more mudslides, which we, of course, pray doesn't happen. But I just thought that was interesting at the beginning of this year.
0: Wow, wow!
1: So might need to build a boat, send it over there. <laughs> Come home get out
0: yeah yeah wow well I uh, I don't know whether maybe Jack Hayford's up in heaven now and he sent some rain down there to those folks in California
1: well I know it's raining all through LA and things are having to I mean they've got like businesses shut down and stuff because people can't get to where they're going
0: well you know these are days of signs yeah and what they they need is this is the reign of the spirit and um, you know I I was studying some really weird stuff Um, and I was looking at the, the cross and the combination of s- Storos and Histeme, the stake of ownership of the Histeme. But I was, I was looking at what Storos, not George Soros, but Storos meant in the ancient world, and um, how it then moved itself into from the Greek world it, it, how it evolved and how it then was used, and here's where I'm going with this, um, that stake of ownership was also used to describe just various points of wood from a tree, but then it was used to describe um, spiritual connection in, in across the, uh, uh, the Celtic world. Which, which stemmed all the way from Galatia all the way over to Ireland. And um, they would they said that their whole point of revelation in the spirit realm, in their druidic religion, was based upon the tree. And that the druid, the name druid, which was the top of the order, meant literally meant to receive revelation under a tree. And and then I thought this was interesting, that there were three levels, I'm going to bring this back around, there were three levels of structure in that religion. The second was called the Vate, V-A-T-E, and that was people who, it's very similar to David's Mighty Men, those were people that were like prophets, they get excitable, and they would make proclamation, and this is where uh, the term Vatican comes from. Vatican comes directly off of that, and then from there, then you had people who took those things, and it's the English word bard. Uh, you know Shakespeare, the bard, and he would, they would, they would then disseminate whatever teaching came from the highest authority through the proclamation, and then they would disseminate it, which is why Shakespeare was called the bard because he wrote things for the common people and then they were, they were taught, this study that I was researching said that um, they uh, they were making this connection between the tree of life and the, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and the tree of um, of revelation and you know and I was thinking of Deborah prophesying under a tree and Nathaniel being under a tree and but but all of that comes back to why why did God it wasn't just the stake of ownership, even though it was, but where did that stake come from? It came from the tree and it was used throughout it was used throughout the the ancient world to talk about a relationship and a commune with God that goes all the way back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of, of revelation and uh, then the Trees of Life. I had th- this was just a fascinating thing I was studying. It was extrapolating out into other things. But, you know, I, I know that so much of what we're talking about in these days are the application of the deep things of the Scripture to the world. And the saints are supposed to be uh, able to access the Tree of Life the fruits thereof and the leaves for the healing of the nations. In fact, this study was saying that the leaves themselves were a commerce that these vates used. They, they believed that and and you know, all of these, Greek mythology, the Latin roots and all that stuff, it comes out of some kind of shared human experience that goes back to validate what the Scripture says. But where I'm going with this is for God to choose Jesus to connect revelation from Him as a point of ownership that would ignite the histemes, that would bring about the what He created this earth to be, is really interesting, and you saying that you when you've done all to stand, that stand is a storos where you are positioned on behalf, of, you know, we are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Maybe there is something very prolific about that stand, and and though drought comes, though attacks come, you will not be moved. But the fruit and the healing goes forth. You know the thing about Deborah being under that tree; she didn't go out. She wasn't like Joan of Arc or Boudica in in in. Uh, British history um, you know that woman who has the statue there right by right at corner from Big Ben you know she's in the chariot she resisted the Romans. Deborah wasn't out there fighting <laughs> but she was under the tree delivering words of, of prophetic import for Barak and for all the forces of, of battle <clears throat> there's something prophetic about that and there's a reason I was studying that, I'm sure, at 4 o'clock in the morning when I was up feeling like it was noon. And um, I was fascinated by that. I know there's nothing you can teach about. It, it, well, it does, give you, it does give you insight into the words that the Spirit chose to describe what Jesus did and what we're supposed to do. But I, I believe that one of the factors, and you referenced it, two things the quarantine and when you've done all the stand I joked about it knowing that I was going to say something about this Um, there's there's a point where even like the Apostle Paul who was busy in the work of the Lord and he sent out those rags of, of from his work sweat and all those things and wherever he sent them um people were healed, and set free, and delivered, and even Jesus sending his word, if you but speak the word, the greatest point of faith Jesus said that he'd seen in Israel, speak the word and it'll be what you say. There's something about that in the prophetic that we know, but it's being galvanized now. Because again, maybe you are the seed, what you've gone through in suffering. Um, regarding the spirit of glory and of God and God's presence. With the doors that God is opening, it is impossible for us to be there physically in all of them. We just are not called to do that. And it's impossible to be everywhere at once. But speak the word. Prophesy the word. That's part of the stake of ownership that God gave through the cross. And in in the idiom of the people, the etymology from which that word, which we derive the stake, it really emanated from, of course, the tree. But then that was used, it was, it was used, I mean, to the west, the, the Celtic thing, you know, you hear these crazy things about the Druids and they, I'm sure that they were connecting with the demonic. I, I'm sure they were. They had the most power of anybody. Their words could stop armies. Their words could go and uh, supersede the word of the king or chieftains because they believed that they heard from the tree, which whatever they were hearing, that emanated from the belief of the tree of life. I'm not saying they were the tree of life, but the word itself was from that. And so you have the cross, which is wood, a stake of ownership, which is wood, for the histemis, the spiritual holdings, and just across the Med, or not very far from there, the same people who are active in the spirit realm use that term to describe how they got revelation from the spirit realm. I just think that's something that we can't look past and shouldn't look past because that's the word that the Spirit used to describe why God sent His Son to die on a piece of wood and how that stake of ownership of the histemis would go into all the world on behalf of the Father. So I guess to boil it down, you've got to have somebody representing God that everybody not just respects, but relies upon the word, and somebody that's representing the cross of Christ speaking forth a word that will em- that will go forth across the nation. So you weren't able to go on this trip, which was, a, in the natural, a great disappointment. But that seed of being able to represent prophetically And Send it forth knowing that the armies are going and there's going to be a victory. I think that's that's a Foreshadowing that we should not overlook because none of the rest of it makes sense. You know the enemy intends it for one way God turns it for the good He comes in one way. There's a sevenfold Spirit of God light truth that he has to flee in And why is he fleeing? because the, the white light of his truth, God's truth, is going forth. So I think I think that, <coughs> excuse me, was very interesting. And even under the fig tree, you know, I saw you under the fig tree, um, even the Jews believed, not just from Deborah, but they believed that wisdom came from that type of connect. I don't know, I just... I can't write that because purists, biblical purists, would say that's ridiculous. But etymologically, which is the study of the, the roots of the words, talk about that. And it's an, to me, it's another, it's another view of why Jesus died on a tree and what that stake of ownership meant and how it connects us with the Father in heaven and how we represent him on earth And how the saints who take up the cross and follow have access to the tree of life in paradise and how those fruits and those leaves are bringing healing to the nations. Because healing comes out of those leaves and which was an extrapolation off of those vades, which was the prophetic word that came out from the leader. It's interesting that that Celtic religion, we're not glorifying it pattern itself out of the threefold um setup and then the latin the early church i guess the pope would be the druid and the vates were all those priests and cardinals and whatever kind of birds were supposed to go forth to take the kingdom that's just interesting so the vatican was really supposed to be the prophetic voice that came the prophets served the king the prophets functioned on behalf of the apostolic message. Um, the prophets have to die for that message to go forward. It die to self. I'm saying figuratively. I'm not saying you're going to keel over here. But it's funny that when I got back from this sojourn, um, that's what I studied at early this morning. And I was glad to see it. It was, it was exciting to me. So maybe that's part of this. It's my, it's my sermon, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
1: That's very profound. It's very profound <clears throat> in my own simplistic way. It, it reminds me of the study that I did just recently about the Salah, about the breakthrough, and how I think predominantly the thing that drew me there was the whole principle of thirsting and communing with the Lord and how necessary that is. And um, I think it's the first Psalm where David says that we are trees are trees planted by the rivers. Um, and that's one of the first, well, that was the first usage of Salah in the Psalms. Just the reality that fruitfulness and breakthrough only comes through... That commune as trees who are planted by that river and in the midst of drought, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of everything else that we face, which that psalm talks about or alludes to in the beginning, Mm -hmm. that that is really our fruitfulness can only come through that deep commune of, of drinking from him and so that's good
0: yeah and you know i was thinking i probably should do this or somebody should it's just, it's not really a sermon but it's just a good study and all the times that the trees were um referenced uh, for positive but also for good i was thinking about this one in isaiah 55 You go out with joy, be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, which really speak about the high places and the reserves of of the of the glory of God, where Elion owns and controls, and that's what the order of Melchizedek operated in. Um, You know, when Melchizedek came, he said, "You know, friend of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, the Canaan of the Lord." That's that's interesting. It's it's just interesting that, that that would represent the spiritual holdings. And then it says the trees of the field shall clap their hands. The trees are uh, and that word clap is to is to be in exaltation, but in full agreement. And uh, you know, even the not just this, but the sealing of an agreement. Remember we talked about how the people would uh, with the hands, I think I wrote about this. They would have salt, and then they would clasp the hand. It's like the good old Texas handshake, not a contract. But that was a binding agreement. So the trees <coughs> are expressing what God wants to do and are being in total agreement with it. The mountains of the holdings are, are there, and we go forth. So there's just a lot of this. There's a lot of that stuff. Even David, go and stand under the mulberry tree and wait. And when you hear the stirring in the mulberry trees, even David was representing that hearing of power, uh, a directive from the throne before he sent the army out, which was totally against what the natural mindset or military strategy would be. You know, they had just whooped those Philistines in that valley, and now here they came again and normal view would be go out okay just what are they doing back here we're going to snuff them out go wait under this tree and when you hear the stirring in the leaves then you go this is what we need I, i think at this point of transition we've already seen victory god's shown us these words god's shown us these truths even what i just talked about wasn't some revelation we already had the revelation it was just another way of clarifying it for what the world knows what, the, what civilizations know. They just don't understand the vitality of it. Um, but, you know, I think we're in this period now where God's saying, wait on me. You wait under this tree, and when the, when you hear the stirring, then go in a, in a way that I choose, which was different than the other way they went. And God gave a greater victory. So I think, I'm not trying to make... Um, lemonade out of lemons here.
1: No, but let's please do that.
0: But this, I think, for us to declare is searching for a a new way. And that was the whole, that wasn't the whole reason, but that was one of the reasons that we were planning to go to establish, first of all, okay, we're going now. You know, we're, we're triumphing openly. Enemy, you've tried to stop, but here we go. Secondly, we got to gain new strategies. We got to pray and submit for a new strategy for the day we're coming into. And, you know, I just think it's interesting. Uh, you know, brought the the, the measure of Debo-Ra under the tree. Um, as long as you're there, there's going to be victory. And I just think it's interesting.
1: So I guess I need to plant a palm tree somewhere. Around here, palm tree. Wow, yeah. was she under the palm tree? Yeah,
0: and, or and you know what the palm tree? Is. Yeah, you have a, some kind of an artistic work about the palm tree in the uh-huh. in the wilderness. Why did God? Why was the first place God brought them after they bitched about um, not having water? Why did He bring them to that place of the seventy palms? Um, because that represented the prosperity of the Lord. Why are the palm tree represented at the porch of the Lord, because that represented hearing from God and manifesting in dry places in the wilderness mm-hmm. the blessing and the, and the um, um, majesty of God. It's interesting.
1: Which is breakthrough.
0: So I think you need to have, I, I don't know if you should plant fig trees, Imani can give you some. I hear they spread like wildfire. But palm tree would be great. You need a couple out there by the pool. You just put it up there.
1: It's not that easy.
0: No, it's not easy. But just get a test of and less, and it'll be done.
1: I think it has something to do with the soil, because I've trust me, I've investigated that. You have to have the right chemical balance of soil, and I don't think Texas necessarily has the best. But we can make it happen. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: <laughs> well, you know, again, we've we've talked about these things. We see them in the scripture. And honestly, that business about the trees of life on either side of the river, we've talked about the river, um, the fruits and the healing of the nations, I think that this type of insight, you're talking about the nations themselves and how from that garden, extrapolating out from that garden, they all seem to be honoring the tree as a spiritual source. And even in the demonic realm in the Old Testament, the prophets were told that to tear down the high places devoted to the enemy, where they met in groves, trees. Um, but but why? What was the when God created the trees? I, I think it just somewhere in His creative ability, it represents the. You think of all the agriculture and wheat and grapes and all these other things the tree is I think that I shall never see a thing as lovely as a tree <laughs> that's the, mat- the the most majestic of all the plantings you know you go out to San Francisco, north of San Francisco and you see those redwoods massive things. There's no other organism that grows like that. And it it has to represent something that is in the spirit realm for God that is an ultimate point of creation and seeing something grow out of this earth that is for his glory. I think that's interesting.
1: And I venture to say that it grows from a seed.
0: It does, it does. <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and I think it's interesting too, that when the seed of the first group of uh, the sower, you know, he throws the seeds out and those birds come to steal mm-hmm. the seed. What happens to those seeds? they come in one way but then they they plant they plant the great forests through through their own foolishness hmm. oh, well, we're, we're really moving now in this chit-chat session
1: some deep stuff some deep chit <laughs> i said deep chit
0: <laughs> well that's what the birds do so we we simply we simply uh, believe that the sufferings of this present world which is also in First Peter the spirit of glory and of God are not worthy to be compared Amen. to the glory and so at the beginning of this year we look forward to the great and wonderful things that God has in store for those who love him, those called according to the purpose. And this too, this too is being worked for the good. Amen. All things. How many things? All things. All things. things. You mean even that time that you were restricted from travel and your heart was broken? But God, everybody say God. He's working things for the good. Hallelujah. So, I'm just grateful that you're well. You're, you're, uh, your voice is clear and strong. And uh, you're not being uh, irritated, maybe by me, but not in your voice. Everything's well. <laughs>
1: Amen. Thank you.
0: Okay, so we talked about the trees, we talked about prophecy, we talked about the seed. There's another thing that's been a recurrent theme here for a great number of months, really for years, but it's about the river of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And do you know that in my most recent brief travel, um, so many people were talking just in unexpected times about the water of the Lord. Um, I had an opportunity to spend some time with a very dear friend of yours, Dr. Cammie, sweet, sweet man from Lebanon of all things. Teresa, if you're listening, we've mentioned him. And he was talking about how he's been studying from the perspective of a man who understands Arabic and Hebrew and Aramaic. Um, A lot of words from the from the Old Testament and from the perspective of what the Aramaic and the Arabic, the modern Arabic, what else those words mean? Now he doesn't know what we've studied and what we've seen from the Old Testament, but he was talking I'll just mention two things he was saying. One was about emet, which is the fulfillment of the Iman. And he was just going from the fact that it means truth. He said that if you take the letters both in Arabic and in Hebrew, and you you break the Met down into three different particles. It basically means um, the end result is the Tau, which is the mark, which is the, the representing of whatever the truth is, which we talked about the seal upon our heads, the seal upon us, and that Tau is the joy of the Lord, the seal he didn't say all that that's what we've studied but if you take if you separate m and ma which are the first two in the idiom of the arabic world that means death to die because you are not functioning on behalf of what you know to do you you separate the ma which means to partner or to be invested in and if you separate those two things there's death but if you put the three of them together it brings truth but for us it means honoring and he's just he's just going on he's ta- he's preaching across the table and i'm just listening but then he was talking about water he said god's been talking to me about his waters and he said you know and you look in the book of genesis and you see that in the book of Genesis, what is written, God does not create the water, it is there he's already created it, and when he when he um, you see how the darkness was trying to snuff out the waters, and you see God separating the waters and he said from that point throughout Hebrew you see that God's purpose is to reconnect the waters. What had been separated due to rebellion is over and over again you see in the common language God's desire to restore his water to what it really should be. And, and then, you know, he, he was talking about Jesus he was saying he was seeing Jesus everywhere in the Old Testament in in the Messiah everywhere with this he said that the real story of the Old Testament is to bring the truth of God and to restore the connection of the waters of heaven and the waters of of what's on earth and then when Jesus through Jesus only through Jesus that river flows through you and so I'm listening to him because, you know, Cami, we love him. He's just the sweetest man. Wouldn't you agree? And for like 25 minutes, he's just going on and on and on about this study. And I'm just sitting there listening because it's filling in a lot of common folk understanding from a world that I don't have. Even all the lexicons I go through doesn't have. Nobody's looking for this in the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking for this, certainly, in the Arabic, but he is. And I told him twice I said, Cammie, look, <coughs> what you said to me was really so endeared to what God's been speaking to us. And, um, you know, I've studied a lot of these words in detail, and I can tell you that. None of the very deep scholastic works that both from Jerusalem and from the major schools of theology, nobody has what you're saying because of your unique upbringing and your grasp of the, <clears throat> of the, the people groups and the languages. Nobody has this. So, I know you're an artist. I know you paint. I know you're a practicing doctor. I know you minister. But you've got to write these things because it's not anywhere. It's not anywhere else. And I didn't talk to him about what we've seen because it was his place. I was there to listen. But it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd never, again, we've talked about the river of God. We've talked about from the innermost, the the Ma'a or the of the friend. What does that mean? And why does Jesus say out of your belly? I mean we, we know those particulars but if if what he was saying was right then the darkness being upon the face of the deep, the waters the enemy trying to suppress that. It wasn't just that the light of God wasn't there, it was that enemy Trying to suppress and stop what the river really meant, and then the spirit of the Lord hovering over that,
1: and then God began to speak. And life came, right? Light, light and came. then He created the trees and and all the greenery. And then the water came up from from the earth. Yeah, because it said it never rained. It didn't rain until He washed the evil off, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to me too.
0: Yeah,
1: because just the reality that he watered all of that fruit or the seeds of what he planted or what Adam had planted from the earth.
0: Yeah, but to separate the waters. <laughs> and how many, how many outposts of the demonic are based off the coast under the water? It's true. It, it, it absolutely is true. You know, we were looking at. I talked to you about this off the coast of Santa Monica. You know, the Navy recently released documents from the government. This isn't some craziness. Um, finding these l- bright lights and these quick floating aircraft that dwarf our technology, going down under the ocean, right there, and the African nations, and in off of Argentina. And even in, in Brazil, God, uh, when He split the continents, and He split the language, He split the continents, He separated the waters. Why? Well, there are obviously demonic strongholds that are still thinking they're blocking the waters.
1: Makes you want to go for a swim, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Ooh. you know it's it's very interesting, and you know, I remember that time we were. Uh, well, I don't need to go back through history, but um, but but for our precious friend, and I think you you'd have to say Tammy is one of our favorite. Cammie is one of our favorite people, wouldn't you say? Just a delightful man, and loving. Geez, for him to be doing that. I love that. Yeah. And he was talking about some other <clears throat> things too. But you know, there'll be a time where if he if he really does write these things, what he does what he doesn't have is the scholastic view of the Western world. Uh, with the things that we've learned and the study <clears throat> parsing out the scriptures. He's not been trained for that, but he has been trained in the understanding of these. He wasn't getting that word out of the King James or the the Greek manuscript. He was getting that out of the languages of people, which is just phenomenal to me. And wouldn't we need, during this time frame, where you have the seed of Abraham, whether it's the spiritual seed of us, the Jews, the Arabs, wouldn't you need... When you think you would need somebody who could speak into all of those,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you got the trees, you got the waters, uh, and then you said it was raining out there where I was. It rained. I mean, constant. I don't mean it rained for for an hour and then it stopped. It rained constant about 24 hours which was very interesting Um, these are all signs from the Lord Mm. and then first Saturday was uh, about the presence of God and I'm so grateful that the saints were praying That that's that blesses the Lord. Oh yeah. (coughs) I think you done. What else you got? (laughs) I will say this. You know we were believing for strategy. Oh, that's our redundant battery mm. We haven't heard that in a while um, I will say that God is giving strategy new strategy and that's that's exciting um, but I, I I had an active vision uh, and, I, and I think that it I know that it it speaks about what God is releasing from the heavens in his mysteries. Um, and I'll just say this really quickly. At that table, eating with Cam, uh, we walked in greeted him and his wife. It was just so good to see him in that beautiful home they have and he asked me to pray over the meal. And when I started to pray, suddenly I heard all these shouts and noises from above, on my right-hand side, above me, where the ceiling would be. And I heard all these voices just in laughter, delightful laughter saying different things about what God was going to do through this man. And and I thought, this is bizarre. I, you know, they asked me to pray. We're here just to catch up, you know. We'd flown all night. I was tired. It really, in the natural, didn't want to be there, but I was. I'm glad we were. And, and so I just said, I'm <coughs> I to stop this prayer. This has never really happened to me in <coughs> this way and I started saying God's really going to bless you God's going to use you in in mighty ways I hear the angel, I know these are angels voices and I didn't see anything but I was saying what I heard and I blessed them it was really odd I know they didn't know what to make of me doing that wacky thing and then we went into the meal and then at one point we talked about the wedding coming and we talked about um, he asked about you, asked about the, the, the saints, asked when we were coming back, you know, and then he started talk, <coughs> talking about these things. So, Saturday morning, first Saturday prayer, <coughs> which we were going to honor there, again, to the right, I hear this big noise. And this time I looked and I saw like a circular opening. It was cir- it was it was op- the opening itself was going clockwise. And I could see a lot of different angels and I recognized a couple of them but they were all looking in they were all looking to me. They were look, not to me, but looking through that hole. And, and, and there was laughter and rejoicing. And I, I looked beyond them and I could see that there was the temple. And it was like we, this was opened up down onto the earth. And I could see off to the left. The, the place of the, the, the sacrifice, the, the fire where the incense of the saints are and I could see the measure of the brightness of the throne. And that, that was going on for I don't know how long. And I thought, what meaneth this? And over the course of, and I, I studied it some on the, on the plane and I was looking at it, things that we already knew. God was showing this business of the apocalypsis and the angels wanting to look into what God was releasing the lid as it were and whatever it is that this transition and what God is releasing in this season and the new thing it's created great rejoicing in the heavens the angels looking through Wanting to see what it is that God's releasing, I could see the temple, I could see the, the altar of our incense, and I could see the throne. And this wasn't in heaven, this was just extended through the courts of the Gentiles. And that was something that I'd not seen before. And then I heard another voice say, This, every time there is a release from the Father in this way, this is what it looks like from the perspective of the recipient or from the place of the recipient and and then the thought came to me this was the sound of the rushing mighty wind on the day of pentecost that was also a release of an apocalyptus that was also god doing a new thing and That sound, and I remembered studying this in one place, was the sound of that that sound was used in a colloquialism to describe what the noise was when you opened a a already fermented cask of wine. That and we know that, like if you open if you pop a a can of of Coca-Cola that's been shook up. or if you if you pop a wine it goes you know there's that it could shoot the cork across the room that dare i say thrust of the new wine that's been fermented um that sound that i heard was god releasing this and this is the apocalypsis this is god opening something for this season that the angels want to look into the crypto of it, and um, to see that I think signifies our calling as saints signifies the um, the release of this in this time frame of what God wants to do, which is going to be manifested on behalf of the the temple of the tabernacle of heaven in the Gentiles. Um, And then I mentioned this on Saints Red. I didn't talk about this, but I talked about apocalypsis. The first use of that in in the Bible was when Simeon had Jesus and said, this child is for the use of manifesting light, phos, in the revelation to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. This is going to fulfill the glory promised to Israel, but to the Gentiles. And then all through there, you find it with the spirit of glory and of God suffering on behalf of that release. Paul talking using that same word, and a thorn in the flesh came, and God said, "My grace is going to fulfill this." It wasn't. It was about the release of this apocalypse that the enemy does not want done, and and over and over, they, God coming with the angels with that uh, creation waits for the sons of God to partner with God for the manifestation. This is a reality of how God moves in the spirit realm, but I'd never seen that before. It's, it's God's goodness. But to see those angels peering in, not, not at us, but on behalf of, somehow from their perspective, there's probably a dynamic written in that circle. And from their perspective, it's going right to left, which is a fulfillment. And they're getting their, their issues of their directions, where their place is, what they're supposed to do. They want to know that, like promotions in the military posted on the board. You want to see where you're going, and you see it, and you rejoice. But the sound had to do with God saying it's ready. This has been held here. That's what the sound is, and it's going to go. It's going to reach everywhere. And the fire on the heads, with tongues, you know, if you've got an apocalypsis there, which is the fulfillment of, of this overall mystery, what are the people receiving it have to have? Something to pray the mysterions, mm-hmm. something to activate that wind, that spirit, their dynamic. And so, and then the fire of the Lord is saying, this is the fulfillment and this is a beginning. So all of that explains the first fruits of Pentecost. So, and you know, people weren't flipping up and falling on the floor and flopping like a fish. I love Sp- SpongeBob, you know. Um, but it, it had great meaning for me. Um, but somebody had to be representing the Terio, our congregation, you under the tree proclaiming, um and and even the way it was released i listened to a, a wonderful man that we love and that was that was the point of ministry and nobody else heard this but me so it wasn't some dynamic knockdown drag out meeting that you had to be there never felt anything like that before but for me and for the purposes of this network and this house and this prophetic apostolic ministry that showed me the vitality of all creation waiting for the sons to welcome Whoa. this apocalypsis
1: that's so good
0: god has hidden this for such a time as this the waters the healing of the and fruits of the tree healing of the tree the leaves the, the, the reactivating of the waters <coughs> My goodness. So there you have it.
1: That's incredible. Thank you for sharing.
0: Well, you know, I think sometimes (laughs) we we we've not seen, but we yet believe. People are blessed to do that. And so often we do what we're supposed to do, even though we don't know why. We we have. Thorns in the flesh that attack because of this. And but God's grace is sufficient. We don't understand why. But we stand anyway. Um, I think the old song says we understand it better by and by. We don't still don't understand everything, but all those things were happening in real time over these past few days. And they were for the purpose of understanding Mm -hmm. and again it wasn't some you know this it wasn't some big meeting where you know you got people lined up and you're imparting it's just God showing what he's releasing (coughs) and um, I think that's is fascinating
1: I love that because as an apostle I mean, there's there's nothing that says that you could not have had that same vision here, but that the Lord sent you out and you obediently went. And in the moment, he shows you vision for the, really, vision for going forward from there. And I think that's significant.
0: Well, it's a real time... Necessary. It's a real time enlightenment from our Father for all of us.
1: Yeah, and I I remember when we were in Brazil when we had that first prayer time in Pastor Luciano's church and we just had our team praying with him and (coughs) the Lord gave you that vision of the army, the angelic, and that was also necessary for where we were and going forward. But you know as much as you want to think, well, I could just stay here and you know things are done in intercession and but there's significance to being sent out and being obedient to that going forth because it's nothing about it is easy. Mm-hmm. Traveling, yes, the Lord has sent us to some of the most incredible beautiful places on earth and I'm very thankful for that. But it's it's an investment that I don't think anybody really fully knows the sacrifice of unless you're actually doing it apostolically like that Mm -hmm. God is faithful
0: and and even the framework by which Simeon and of course Anna Grace praying, that was from the temple and what God said to Solomon on the dedication not that was Herod's temple but the original temple you send tabernacles out from here and for the the release of the overall mystery of God holding that baby Jesus in his arms for him to say that this is the apocalypsis that's going to fulfill the glory promised to Israel but it's going to happen in the Gentiles here at this Theriault just from this from this church's perspective the temple sending out those two people were there Anna was said nothing exciting about that
1: well it's crazy that you're saying this because for a fleeting moment while I was here in prayer just doing the only thing I knew to do in the midst of my emotional (laughs) heartbreak the Lord spoke to me about being as Anna mm. in this moment. So it's, it, to me, it's just, it's pretty crazy that you're, you're releasing this.
0: Anna, yeah. grace yeah. was sufficient. And
1: I was to be, even though I physically wasn't in the temple, my spirit was, because I was in this terio, which that's, is it's, a privilege all on its own.
0: That's really interesting. <clears throat> You know, and I I was just thinking about, you know, the world we're living in, how tumultuous it is right now, Um, and the court of the Gentiles, that place that's real turbulent, which we've seen in vision when we look at it in the scripture, it was in that place, in the perspective of what I saw, that this opening was. It was it was out from the temple, but it's for the nations, and we're 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 positioned for a, for a great year breakthrough, and maybe that's the breakthrough that God kept talking about. It was Him showing this is the breakthrough. This is this is my mystery Whoa. that's breaking through. Yeah. Well, speaking of breakthrough, we've broken through the hour barrier. Yeah. Anything further we should say before we say adios to our friends? We thank all of you for praying. We don't mean to indicate that this is the only place that's praying. We know that so many of you were, first of all, praying for First Saturday, but also praying and your, your place in God is glorious. And so we don't want to in any way uh, portray that you're relegated to a secondary status. That's not what we mean. But, you know, that's the one challenge we have here because this isn't some broadcast network. We're at a church. You know, I have a responsibility here. So if I'm not talking about (coughs) this esteme from this perspective, then what good is anything? But you also have the cross. And your place of commune with God accesses this same measure of the vitality of the Spirit. So we bless you in that as well. So I don't know what we'll talk about tomorrow on Wednesday Night Live, but um, it may have to do with some of this, but who knows? There's so many things that God's revealing, it may be something new, and I kind of hope it is. So until then, God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being here, Monica. It's good to have you back in that very comfy chair I see you sitting in. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Talk to you soon.